0: Hello darling
1: Hello Mr. Cox
0: you ready to sing one? I'm always ready. Well, all right In my dreams you're blowing me some kisses That's one of my favorite things to do. could go down in history That's what I'm praying to do with you Let's do it In ways that make us feel good Demons. That's what loving Jesus all about. Looking in your eyes, I start believing. Let's bring this whisper to a shout. Let's do it in ways that make us feel. Dying. What are you implying? You look a little tired the music got me wired you're Pretty good looking Boy, we're really cooking now I just want to make out what you're saying Behind you You can always Come in my back door Let's do it, it In it ways that make us feel, feel good Let's do it And make that Sacred sound Let's Put two it. and two Together, perfect. It's only natural. God knows it's only natural. Let's do it.
2: Now I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is Jackie now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful, like, well, look.
0: Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before? all
3: right now on channel 4 they're doing an interview with a guy who's talking about protecting your chimney talk about having your thumb on the pulse of the re- <laughs> the region) <laughs> The hottest two weeks of the year coming up. And they're talking to a guy about you in
2: your preservation package that makes that crown 100% waterproof. Yeah, which is going to prevent yeah. The future, future Get up there.
3: Think that. about your chimney here while well, it's going to be 101 on Friday. How you doing, kids? This is JC Corcoran Podcast. Monday, July 24th, 2023. Can you say um-day? All right, so all kidding aside, You expect it to be 114 degrees in Phoenix during what is traditionally the two hottest weeks of the year. That's not the problem. It's that when every day you look, and in Pierre, South Dakota, it's 100 degrees. That's when you know you got a problem. So 91 today, maybe some severe storms overnight, 72. Tomorrow, 93. Wednesday, 96. 99 on Thursday, 101 on Friday. And I won't even look any further than that because I don't want to know. It's also a hurricane coming in. It looks like that'll be a story for the Gulf Coast of Mexico, if it at least if it goes on its current path. But, you know, honest to God, like two of the country is looking at these heat advisories, and it probably will end up being one of the three or four biggest news stories of the year, because people are going to start dropping. Well, they already have been, but it's going to get even worse. But you're hearing all these things now about various ripple effects of the hot temperatures because it's warming up the water. The coral reefs in Florida are dying from the warming waters. The manatees can't find anything to eat because they stuff the the stuff they eat needs cooler water for it to grow. So they're swimming around, going, "Where the hell is lunch?" Donald Trump, by the way, over the weekend made us all feel better about climate change and the fact that all reputable scientific organizations are saying you're going to have. Rising waters along all the coastlines of our country. And uh, the Don came along and he said, Well, you should just look at that as more beachfront property. See, don't you feel better now? And it's comments like that from Donald Trump that
1: inspire people to make music. Vote for the Donald Trump is the man. Let's put our nation into his hands Mike Pence and Donald make a great team they'll make our nation the greatest it's been they've got the wisdom courage and pride criminal Clinton ought to go hide they know our borders leak like a sieve they'll build a wall that's high and strong and it's not gonna give all those jihadis keep their swords honed trump's got the answer to that problem just send them back home terrorist bombings still are a threat trump's the solution you wanna bet second amendment Guarantees peace. Firearms protect us, even the weak. Criminals love those weapon free zones. When guns are banned, then how the hell do we fight with iPhones? Now we've a choice. That choice is sweet. Vote for my man, the Donald Trump, for Commander-in-Chief. Mike Pence and Donald, shooting like stars. They love our freedoms. They'll take us far. Donald's got vision, clear as the day, even in tough times. Trump knows the way.
3: Isn't that good? Isn't that good? You got to come here to get stuff like that. You can't get this stuff just any place. Oh, and then there's that Greek island where 19,000 people are being evacuated. See, when you go to like the Bahama out islands or just one of these sort of remote locations. It's absolutely beautiful. You can really unplug, wind down. The water is a color that is indescribable. The air is hot and humid and it just feels good on your skin. At night, the breeze comes in and you get this uh, tropical cuisine and everything is just going great. As long as everything continues to go great, it doesn't take much to go wrong a power failure, a storm coming in, a flood, or in this case, a fire on that Greek island. Again, now this is a really popular um, uh, tourist destination. 19,000 people are trying to figure out how to get them off the island because the island's on fire. And again, if that happens in Detroit, well, Detroit's a bad example. It's always on fire. It's, uh, let's just say it's uh, Orlando, Florida. Gets on fire. Okay, you get in your car, you drive, and get out of there. You're on an island. And, you know, sort of a primitive place. And now it really turns into a case of every man for himself. And I don't want to be in that position. I remember Dick Ford, the, the late great anchor person on Channel 5 and Channel 2 who said, I don't like going to any island where they don't have a writ of habeas corpus. You know, basically meaning you're innocent until proven guilty. They can throw you in jail in some of these remote locations. You go to Belize or something. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. I agree with him. Nova Scotia gets three months of rain in one day. They had a foot of rain in 24 hours. That will get your attention. Can you think of all the work that is not getting done today? Because people, regardless of the fact, they, whether they go into work or they don't, because sometimes it's on conference call or Skype or something like that, Zoom. Everybody's talking about fucking Barbie. Barbie. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. $155 million buck take. And the theater I went to on Saturday night I went to see Oppenheimer, but four of the other screens in the complex were showing Barbie, and so everybody's running around the lobby dressed in pink, and it's really sort of cute. You see a little five-year-old girl, and she's walking with her grandma, and they're both dressed up like Barbie. That's nice. The problem is you get these women in their 40s and 50s who are taking the Barbie thing just a little bit too seriously, and they're just a little bit too made up for the thing, you know. And then another 80 and a half million dollars for uh, Oppenheimer, which I saw on Saturday night and I'm still thinking about it. I haven't um put together my review yet. I will say though I was a little bit disappointed, but it some of that might be rooted in the fact that it was 3 hours long and it felt like it. That's not to say it's not a good movie and you shouldn't see it. I think you should. I'm just telling you 3 hours. And again, most of these movies this thinks could be shot in an hour and a half. Going through a movie trend right now where, you know, all these big time directors are talking the studios into letting them release these movies at that length. It you know, didn't used to happen. Every Thanksgiving, we always talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. And we have a, oh, you know, we have an emotional connection to it. Also, because part of, part of it was shot in St. Louis. Everybody remembers John Candy up in the press level waving to the crowd during a blues game while he and Steve Martin and everybody else were here um, shooting the movie PT&A. But the original cut of that movie was four hours long. And the studio kept telling him, cut it down, cut it down. He got it down to two hours. Like, no, it's a comedy. Comedies have got to be like 90 minutes. One of these days, somebody's going to come along and release the movie as you know, the director's cut. I've seen some of the scenes that were cut. If you dig around on the internet long enough, you'll find them. There were scenes that, uh, you know, could have been cut and they did end up getting cut. But there was a whole sort of a subplot about the fact that Steve Martin's wife in the movie believed that he was having an affair and that all this stuff about being diverted to Wichita and all that sort of stuff was just, you know, her husband attempting to camouflage the fact that he was fooling around. All that stuff, all of it got cut out of the movie. Anyhow, I'll think more about Oppenheimer. We'll talk about that tomorrow here on the podcast and also on the radio show at 101.5 St. Louis and 101.7 West Beyond and streaming at kwolf.com. Enjoying doing that show every day from 5.30 up until 10 o'clock. Speaking of the heat, here we go. Cardinals are in Phoenix where the temperature right now. Let me just look and make sure I got an updated temperature here. Yep. 95 degrees 95 at like eight o'clock in the morning 114 today 117 tomorrow 118 i got a day game on wednesday thank god they got a roof on that place the question becomes what's going to cause more death and injury the heat in phoenix or the fact that adam wainwright is going to try and pitch again you know going into the weekend There were some people who were saying, you know what? You know what? I've been playing with the numbers here. And if the Cardinals could sweep the Cubs, uh..." all that talk has pretty much dissipated. The trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. You're going to be saying goodbye to a number of players. I'm convinced the reason that John Moselech was so adamant about Tyler O'Neill being the everyday left fielder is because he's on the trading block. And the Cardinals, you know, he was was on the the I.L since early May and nobody wants to buy damaged goods. So I think Mazzano was like, look, I've got less than two weeks to prove to the rest of baseball, National League and American League, that this guy is not damaged, that he's okay, that he can play every day. And he had a double the other day, but I think they're showcasing him. I think that that's what this is about. The latest name that we are hearing as a possible member of the Cardinals that won't be anymore is the guy that we just signed for over $80 million, and that is catcher Wilson Contreras. I'll tell you one thing. If this is true, And I think right now, I think it's Bob Nightingale, the sports reporter in New York, that's spreading this one around. But if it's true, you really have to wonder what was on the mind of the Cardinals with the way they treated this guy. He's on fire right now for the last two weeks. It's like trying to throw a pork chop past a hungry wolf. He's hitting everything. And he's making great defensive plays. And he's running the bases. He's stealing bases. He has really become the player that everybody was hoping he would be in the absence of Yadier Molina. So why are they talking about trading him already? If Again, if the story is true. So anyhow, Adam Wainwright gets to start tonight. Might want to bring out the protective headgear and a Kevlar vest. It was nice seeing Scott Rowland get inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. There's a guy who I got stuck working with for a while this is right after i came back to st louis after my uh, aborted time in houston where they changed the format on us to hip-hop unless i wanted to change my name to jay-z there really wasn't anything for me there we had bought a house down there and everything ended up moving back to st louis lost so much money so much money you just have no idea i cannot allow myself to even think about that because you you can make yourself crazy It's over, it's done, it was out of my hands, nothing I could really do about it. Like I said, I try not to think about it. So I was doing some uh, sports talk radio on the AM band, and that place was just going through a ridiculous situation with multiple ownership changes. Then we had a boot salesman come in who bought the place. He was actually a pretty good guy, but I just don't think he knew anything about radio. That's not a knock. I don't know anything about selling boots. Not a criticism, it's just an observation. But the inmates were running the asylum there. And anyhow, they they run a contest saying, uh, we're looking for the next bright, young, broadcast sports talk star. And this guy wins the contest. Now he thinks he's the real deal. And he's sitting next to me in the press box in Chicago once, and the Cardinals are playing the Cubs, and Scott Rowland's playing third base. And he's out there just trashing Scott Rowland, just trashing him. By the way, trashing Bruce Springsteen. He's terrible. He's terrible. He's awful. This is what the guy's telling me in the press box. But the Scott Rowland thing got my attention because it's like, dude, He's going into the Hall of Fame. You're in sports talk radio, and you're trashing him, and you you don't realize that he's actually somebody you should be pretty proud of. But I dug this out of the archives because it's it's really interesting. This goes all the back to 2005, and I, I don't expect any of you to remember this, but Scott Rowland was considered to have been injured at the tail end of the 2004 season. And there was a lot of speculation in the hot stove league that Scott Rowland, you know, what's he going to look like? Uh, What's his mobility going to be like? Is he going to be able to throw? Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be able to hit? Can't wait to get to Jupiter to find out. And Scott Rowland gets down there and goes, what are you guys talking about? I'm fine. And the u and I were like, that's not the perception in St. Louis. The perception in St. Louis is that you're iffy. Anyhow, if you're in the public eye and that's everything from sports people to politicians to morning radio people, people just, uh, you know, hang you up like a pinata and start whacking away. And you're like, what are you talking about? I had a reporter from St. Louis magazine. I use the term reporter loosely. It was a writer from St. Louis magazine who wrote a seven page story about me. I've never met the guy. He never called me. As far as I know, he didn't call anybody that I knew or that I worked with seven pages to this day. I've never met the guy. And that story was like 15 years ago. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But anyhow, i I thought this was really interesting. And if for some reason you're one of those people who's just sort of on the fence regarding Scott Rowland, and and I think most people think he was a great player and they're happy to see him go into the hall but if that's not you just just listen to the uh the sort of honor and the sincerity and what i would say and characterize is the uh, admirable qualities of one mr scott Rowland. again we go back to 2005 one of
2: the things they love
3: is the fact that when you hit a home run you sprint around the bases. i love that have you always done that or did some one incident make you decide to do that
4: well i mean i, I was um you know, my rookie and all the way through, you, you kind of get put in your place pretty early. I mean, you kind of understand, humbled by the game and how hard the game is. And uh, when when you hit up, you know, what I always looked at is that pitcher's on, the pitcher's on the mound doing the best he can. And I'm at the plate doing the best I can. So if he gets the better of me, throw the ball around the horn, I'm going to walk back to the dugout, and we're going to keep playing baseball. It's about baseball. You know, and if I get the better of him and hit a home run, I'm gonna get around the bases. I'm gonna put my bat and my helmet away, and we're gonna continue playing baseball. This is not about me. This is not about him. This is about the game. And I'm not trying to show him up. I don't want him to show me up. Let's play the game. Mm -hmm. You know, and the game is not to me. I hit a home run, I'm going to embarrass my opposition. Because I promise you, that the day that you try to embarrass your opposition the next time he faces you he will do everything in his power to embarrass you that those numbers aren't very good (laughs) you know when you're a hitter you know i kind of look at it as hey i hit a home run i run around the bases i want him to think "Ah, i made a bad pitch i don't want him to think oh what what are you doing i'm gonna get you next time you know "No, no no oh no please no, just yeah, keep making that pitch. You know you're fine. It a bad pitch. You were right the first time. <laughs> so, like I said, it's it, it's it's about the game. I mean, you're, nobody's bigger than the game, and, and it's not a show. In, in my opinion, of of look at me. It's I'm out here doing the best I can. He's doing the best he can. It, it's unprofessional to think that you're better than somebody else out on the field, in my opinion. Speaking with Scott Rowland,
3: the home run you hit in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series to help the Cardinals win that game and go to the World Series, is that the high point of your
4: career? On the field, without a doubt, it is. You know, as far as a performance or in, in the competition, that is without a doubt the highest point. I mean, I have moments, like uh, you know, I said before, not to get all sappy, but you know, my first day I called the Major Leagues. Uh, I, I got to watch mom and dad come down to the stands in Philadelphia with this, the proudest smiles on their face you've ever seen. And I'll never forget that. I mean, that's, you know, I almost cried on the field. Like I said, I, you know, I get sappy about the thing. But, you know, there's another instance after we won the thing. Matheny and I were standing at second base, and, you know, I turned to Mike and I said, you know, let's, I said, take a look at this. Let's capture this moment because a lot of times you just slide through things and you don't get to really appreciate things. And, you know, I wanted to make it a point with Mike when we were standing out there. Let's let's look at these fans and let's look at the confetti falling and and let's capture this moment so that we can remember this moment, you know, very vividly. And. Uh, So there's a moment in in baseball that I will never forget. That's one of the greatest moments, you know, the actual after it was all said and done. But like I said, the home run itself, as far as performance wise and in in the mix of the game is, yeah, without a doubt, the most exciting moment.
3: See, for all the talk there is, negative talk about the attitudes of professional athletes, oftentimes irresponsible behavior, arrogance. And I'm not saying that those things don't exist in professional sports. Trust me, there's plenty of it. But. There's also guys like Scott Rowland. How can you not like that guy after hearing him talk like that? How can you not like him? Looks like we could have an indictment of Donald Trump as early as this week. They're saying that that could be coming down. This is the January 6th stuff. Missouri making the national news yesterday, CBS Evening News, talking about a guy who had a little bit too much to drink, got on the boat with his seven friends, and managed somehow at Lake of the Ozarks to crash his boat Into a house. And I'm watching it going, there's easier ways to get on America's Got Talent. (laughs) Jesus. It was on this date in 2004 that I attended the Annie Lennox Sting concert. at I don't know if it was Riverport back then or what it was. My date that night was former city prosecutor Jennifer Joyce. We had a lovely time. She's a great gal. And unbelievably, she ended up getting married a couple of years later to a guy with the last name... Corcoran, true story. Tom Petty played Riverport on the state in 1999. Guy who got a rotten deal, I think. He was on the state back in 1997. And they said, we're going to have this event. and it was some ballroom somewhere in St. Louis. And all of these radio people, musicians... We're all invited to this satellite feed where we were going to see the new Genesis. Phil Collins had gone solo. Genesis went inactive there for a little while and spent a couple of years looking for a new lead singer. And they came up with a guy by the name of Ray Wilson. We're going to introduce everybody to Ray. This is going to be broadcast all over the country on a closed circuit basis. But you're invited. You're going to be the first to see the new band. They performed live. Everybody there got a copy of the new Genesis CD, and I still remember that uh, the, the track that they released as a single was called Uncertain Weather. Here's a little sample of what Ray Wilson, the replacement of Phil Collins, was able to do, along with the band Genesis, back on this date in 1997, launching the new version of the band.
0: A sinner, a, saint, a soldier, up in a- It's
3: I think that is a great fucking song, and nobody cared. Nobody was interested. It was almost like they were saying, sorry, Genesis without Phil Collins is like Dolly Parton without tits. And nobody cared. Ray Wilson ended up getting the shaft, and it wasn't until years later that Phil Collins finally said, all right, let's get back together. But all of that happening on this date back in 1997. And it was 1991, and this is... Really an interesting story, because knowing what we now know about Michael J. Fox, it sure explains a lot, because he was coming in, he was doing a nationwide tour doing radio and TV stations to promote the movie uh, Doc Hollywood with Bridget Fonda and Woody Harrelson and a couple of other really good people. Very, very entertaining movie. And so we know that the uh, you know the movie has a medical theme and we just come out with this stupid idea because we had a big parking lot at the radio station there in Corporate Square in Creve Corps. We said, let's set up like an obstacle course. Let's invite a bunch of medical people in, get everybody in scrubs. We'll lay down a track with like, you know, duct tape or something like that. And we're going to have gurney races. And Michael J. Fox will pull up to the radio station, hop out of the limo. And it's like, you know, live broadcast and look at this gurney races how cool is this we had a huge crowd there must have been 400 people at this thing and all of these medical people in their scrubs it was the greatest thing i ever saw and he sort of pulled back from it a little bit and we were sort of disappointed now we brought him into the studio and he was fine but when we were outside it was like well how come he didn't get into this we thought that he would uh, you know really like the idea and maybe participate well it wasn't until years later that we realized it was almost at exactly that time while he was out on that nationwide tour promoting Doc Hollywood that he found out about his medical condition. So, you know, you gamble, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Anyhow, when we had him in the studio, it was great. It's
0: the best day for JC. We got a Hollywood celebrity. we the future, family ties. Secret of my success
1: Michael Everybody's got Elvis in them. Everybody except
3: one person that is. Yeah, one person! The evil
0: opposite of Elvis. The anti Elvis. Anti Elvis got no Elvis in them, let me tell
2: you.
3: Michael J. Fox has no Elvis in him.
2: Uh, what? What? what is Mojo? My... What did I do to him? We, we we have a rebuttal here. Is that it? <laughs> no, I just who, who is Mojo? What's his problem with me? I, I Mojo is Mojo. a complete lunatic and uh, and welcome and to the. And a nice dancer and a snappy dresser. <laughs> <laughs> welcome uh, to the Breakfast
1: Club studios well, here. You know, it's
2: nice to nice to be here. It's kind of controlled me. This is like a fishbowl, man. Hi, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice to see you. We have,
1: have uh, one fewer
2: conversation back here,
1: by yeah, the way. Come okay.
3: on, come yeah. on, people, people. We, we,
2: we whittled, it down we whittled it down to about 15 people in the studio. And we had some profession, professional hockey players here, which is, you know... We do. We're going to bring There'll these...
3: There'll be no polysyllabic words to, like... <laughs> for Michael J. Fox in town to talk about Doc Hollywood. Uh, we
2: had a whole contingent of people together last night to see the uh, movie. When did you actually film this? Um, I love it. You've mentioned to me three times now you've seen the movie, and I haven't heard, like, it was good, it was bad, I guy ate popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of, you know, it's like when someone sees your work and goes, you know, you are so brave. And, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We shot it in Florida last, uh, last winter that in a place a... called Micanopy, Florida. I was going to say, we were very
3: surprised we stayed for the credits last night because you never know if they're going to do something like uh, John Hughes and Ferris Bueller's Day Off where you're going to come out at the end and go, go home, the movie's over. Or yeah, so no, we
2: there was no, we didn't have that left. We, uh, know, he just <laughs> shot the movie and said, I'm done are you done? you got the girls so you know yeah, that's got all the that girl, matters. You matters know, when James Woods and Chris Lloyd get the girls in the last two movies <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's my turn dude something's not
3: going right there what the uh, uh, the obvious question is uh, you know before we even start talking about Doc Hollywood we want to talk a little bit about the movie which is going to open August 2nd around the country uh, everybody is like well I'll ask him if there's going to be a Back to the Future Part 4 I mean ask him that that's the most important
2: question uh, man Maybe. And I'm sure Christian Slater will be great in it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so, Christian Slater will be playing Robin in Back to the Future 4. So, <laughs> so you're, are you washed on uh, the... He a moist towelette. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. thoughtful. We, uh, <laughs> we're looking out for I'm your well-being.
3: use this puppy. <laughs> we're looking out for your well-being at all times <laughs> here. Do you think that will happen? Is that going to be something that... Back to the Future 4? No, yeah. I,
2: I don't think so. You know, it's kind of like... Um, it's like with uh, Family Ties, you know, And after seven years and people wonder why we didn't do an eighth season. And, you know, when people, uh, just to get serious for a moment, when people are really great and really support something you do and really loyal and really, um, you know... Uh uh, tune in or go to the movie or whatever again and again and again like Back to the Future three times like a fourth time so why don't we just pull up to their house and like load their furniture into our car you know? <laughs> I mean it's it's pretty insincere after a while it's just like yeah we really have nothing left to say but thanks for the cash really appreciate it
3: yeah. the guy who played George McFly oh, I knew
2: you were going to ask about this in
3: the original movie We we met up with Crispin, a couple, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Now people saw him in that movie, and people saw him in Rosalie go shopping. People have seen him in a couple of other things, and people saw him almost kick the crap out of David Letterman with a karate
2: kick <laughs> one night. I'm strong, <laughs> <It> was, she <laughs> says. Wasn't him, and and we actually he says wasn't him. Yeah, oh yeah, he told us it wasn't him. I love him. that about him. now no, here you gotta no, listen the to this concept of reality thing from his album, uh, The Big Problem. Crispin oh, what a Glover. Great album. He, they the whole thing. I
1: just found me a brand new box of packages!
2: Well, Crispin Glover did what? not. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> he did not I
3: get it. He did not pop up in any of the sequels to Back to the Future, and we think it is
2: because he is the weirdest human being on the planet. Which which doesn't necessarily exclude him from being a good actor. Uh, I mean, that's that's uh, you know he's he's a really great actor. So what it does
3: it, deal with this guy though? I mean, because he's obviously got. Some...
2: I don't know. You can talk fluoride. You can talk all kinds of <laughs> <in the laughs> environmental. What an absolutely
3: great day in the studio it's been years since i've listened to that and i just really enjoyed it it's almost like i was hearing it for the first time that was just great all of that from this date back in 1991 and that's it it's good place to stop the jc corkman podcast for monday july 24th 2023 is in the can we're here every weekday morning monday through thursday at 11 o'clock following JC The Morning Showgram on 101.5 St. Louis and 101.7 West and beyond. K Wolf. And of course, streaming at KWolf.com. Email me anytime, JC at jconthewine.com, Facebook, The Showgram with JC Corcoran. Spread the word if you're able to let people know about both the radio show and the podcast. That it helped things out a lot. We always appreciate it. And in the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have
1: a good one. See you later. Donald's got vision clear as the day. The JC
2: Corcoran Podcast.